answering your tough financial questions for the past 26 years. It's Allworth's Money Matters with co-hosts Scott Hansen and Pat McLean. Would you like an opinion on a financial matter you're dealing with? Whether it's about retirement, investments, taxes, or 401ks, Scott Hansen and Pat McLean would like to help you by answering your call. To join Allworth's Money Matters, call now at 833-99-WORTH. That's 833-99-WORTH. Welcome to Allworth Financial's Money Matters. I'm Scott Hansen. I'm Pat McLean. Glad you're with us today as we talk about financial matters, both myself and my co-host here. We are both practicing financial advisors, certified financial planner, chartered financial consultant, and we spend our weekdays with people like yourself and come here on the weekends to be your financial advisors on the air. And in all fairness, uh, we've uh, for uh, this intro, I think it just kind of evolved. No one ever thought about the intro, but the say the same thing every week. Every week. But as I was right as I'm stating this, I was thinking, although we are practicing financial advisors, and we both started almost 30 years ago working with clients on a daily basis as the organization's grown to at 160 employees or whatnot. We're not meeting with clients every day. No. So I, let me rephrase that, that. that. But we do still have clients. We are not actively personally ourselves taking any new clients, but the 40... We still maintain clients because it's um, yeah helpful for us to... To stay engaged, but the the 46, 47 advisors here at all. 54, I think. Is that... Okay. I don't know. I mean, I'm making up numbers. It's right around there. Anyway. <laughs> so. our, our, we work with clients. Anyway, yeah. anyway, we get the story. I was just trying to, um, as I was stating that thing, I don't know if that's totally accurate. And I want to be always, one of the things that we value here at Allworth is uh, Most of the financial advice I've been giving, uh, quite frankly, is uh, to um, the radio friends and family. Get radio approach. friends? No, radio, comma, friends and family. Don't you get approached common? On a regular basis by um, friends or family. Yeah, you know, my, so my next door neighbor is like a, a dental surgeon, some specialist of some sort. I would never think, though, of like going up, hey. Could you look at this? Yeah, I would never think of it. <laughs> I would think, you know, it's his home time, personal time. But I'm always amazed at people who, does hey. He, does, does he approach you? No, he doesn't. <laughs> then I would. <laughs> what do you think of this? <laughs> How about an implant? <laughs> All right, let's get back to some financial well, let's matters. Let's actually take some calls. Let's give out our phone number. Yeah, and if you'd and like take to take some calls, if you want to be part of the program, we'd love to take your call and uh, hear what's on your mind. And really, we love. Sometimes people say, "Do you ever get a question that you can't answer?" And yes, every once in a while, but not terribly often. But every situation is unique, uh, and the advice that we'd give to one person might be totally different than we'd give to the other another person who would look. By other means, very similar. Um, so if you've got a question or you're dealing with something about you're looking at it retiring soon or you're figuring out your retirement income or which accounts do you pull the income from or where do you hold growth assets versus income assets or how should you be concerned about the stock market right now, whatever it might be, uh, how should you address your estate planning, should you have your kids listed as your beneficiaries on your large IRA, whatever the case may be, uh, we'd love to take your question. And to join us, our contact number is 833 833- 99 worth that's 833 worth or 999-6784 so it's 833-999-6784 and if you're listening on a podcast you can call at any time and we'll actually schedule a time for you to uh, talk with us on the air and that is exciting so let's start off talking with michelle michelle you're with all worth money matters hi hi michelle so I have a couple questions. So I, my husband's been talking to me about reverse mortgage, and I just don't see the benefit in it. Um, kind of makes me nervous. I know that your family can still get the home. They can still maintain it after you pass away. But I wanted to know what the positives and negatives are against it. We currently own our home outright, probably valued about $1.5 million. We own three rentals, which should be paid off in the next, six years when I plan to retire. We have our 401k. My husband will have a state retirement and probably have about a million dollars in investments right now. But my husband's trying to tell me, hey, we should do a reverse mortgage. Why? Because, okay. Because he thinks you'd be getting a bunch of money in every month. 
okay. having a reverse mortgage. How so old are you? The pros and the cons. I'm 53. Oh, okay. So let's let's. And how old is he? I know it's 53. So he's thinking in six years when well, you can do it. Actually, it, to do it's, it. it's nine years. Yeah, the minimum okay. age is 62. At least for the government program. There's a couple um, private programs out there that are very small and very, and you're, they're not nearly as. In my lucrative. whole universe. And, and by the way, Scott and I. Um, how we sold a reverse mortgage company in what? We, so we we believe reverse mortgages are they can be a lifesaver for the right situation, but we like to think of them kind of as a last trip to the well. Right. So here's where they work great: eighty-two year old widow, widower. I mean, it's typically widow. Let's. I mean, um, been in the same house for thirty-eight years. You doesn't want to leave. Oftentimes, most reverse mortgages, people owe money on the home. Um, and right. they're trying to get rid of the monthly payment. And normally, there are not very many other assets uh, involved in the financial situation. So it's like uh, normally, 85 to 90% of the time, it is the the final bit of equity or money that people can get to. And they do, they work wonderfully in the fact that if just think of it, a reverse mortgage as a uh, home equity line of credit, right? Just, but rather than having to make interest payments each month, there's still an interest charge, but it, it accrues on itself. So if you take out a reverse mortgage, there's interest and that loan balance is going to grow year after year after year. But presumably, the value of your home is going to grow but they're over a long period of time. But they're expensive. Yeah, they're more expensive. Free. They're more expensive than a regular loan. Uh, in fact, I had a an acquaintance of mine call me and ask me um, about reverse mortgages for his brother. He said, "You know, I'm thinking about my brother's kind of, and I and this guy has quite a bit of money." And I said, "Well, why don't you lend him the money, and then put a lien on the house and put it into his will or trust that you get paid." Uh, when he dies, you just have the interest accumulate, and uh, the interest accumulate, and it's going to be less expensive for your brother and better for you because you'll get a higher rate of return than you're probably getting on bonds right now. And he did it. He's like, "Well, that makes a lot of oh. sense. <clears throat> that makes a lot of sense." But they're expensive. You, Michelle, they're expensive unless you have no other options. That's right. Then they're cheap. Then right? they're cheap, right? <laughs> yeah. But Michelle, you, I can't imagine a place where reverse mortgage would be less less um, likely to be used than in your financial situation. Your unless, husband's wrong. Unless in, in the future, there's some other uh, financial products, because you got quite a bit of equity in your home. You live in Sacramento. If you were in San Jose, you're, mm-hmm. you're like, you get a real, <laughs> real basic home for a million and a half. Sacramento, a million and a half is a nice home, right? So, um, but it's got, they have three rentals. Yeah. Uh, I, he has a, a, a state pension. Yep. Social Security, I presume, is kicking in for you. You have a large amount of money in your 401k. Yeah. Your hus- yeah, you're, I don't know what your husband's talking about. Yeah, is your, hus- your home paid okay. off now? Yeah, our home's paid off. Yeah, your, he doesn't know what he's talking about again. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> That's great because he will listen to your show. So really nice. <laughs> I like the fact that he's exploring ideas. Yes, thank you. He's exploring yeah. ideas. Yeah. And the, right. And by the way, Pat, you might find some financial advisor who's shown some study that would say a reverse mortgage, one, you'd have to be both be 62, a reverse mortgage, you can use it as the line of credit, and in down markets, it would make more sense to draw upon that. But that, that you can draw a spreadsheet that says just about anything you want, too. <laughs> Um, but we're all people, and anyway, yeah. I anyway, it's not appropriate. So you had a second question for us, Michelle. No, I think I'm good now. Okay. Um, well, yeah, no, we're good. I'll all call right. back in. But I, that was perfect. Yeah. So okay, thanks, guys. I you're doing it. everything right. Yeah, no, like you're doing me. everything right. It, you're, you're, you are absolutely. Uh, I mean, and do you have children at home, or or do you have children? Uh, one grown and out, and two left going one starting college next year and one still in high school. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. You're, you're great savers. You're, yeah. you're doing, you're doing well. So yeah. keep it up. Yeah. Good luck to you, Michelle. Right. And so I was thinking here's the other end of extreme for a reverse mortgage. So when Pat and I started, we started this company in 2004 because not really ever our clients had the need for it. It, almost the opposite. It would it, it would be someone's parents, and you'd hear these stories. I've got my mom's, and this, 
And so we started doing some research, and, and at the time, reverse mortgages weren't very well known. They uh, were misunderstood. I didn't understand them well. I actually had a relatively – I had a negative view of reverse mortgages, and then when I started researching them, I realized there was a place, and there wasn't necessarily anything wrong with the reverse mortgage. What was wrong was the reverse mortgage, in my opinion, the industry. And a lot of people sold them. It was really low-end kind of – uh, people yeah. in the industry, and a lot of people were selling probably them. still today, but not. They were much. selling them in order to get money out, in order to invest in, in annuities, annuities yes. in many cases. But one of our first employees, you remember this? Yeah, his um, his mother in law came to him. She was in her eighties, eighty three or eighty four, and she had been losing some weight. And the family wasn't. They just thought, well, maybe it's just an age thing. And so she came to him. And she says, "Hey, Steve," she said. Can I talk to you about this reverse mortgage? Can can I understand, figure out how these things work? And so he started talking with her, and she had never shared any of her financial matters with any family member, which is very common, particularly older people. Not unusual at all. Well, it turned out that she had (coughs) racked up some credit card debt because her monthly income wasn't enough to cover expenses. And so when things like the water heater went out or whatnot, it all went on her credit card. And she got to the point where she had thirty or forty thousand dollars in credit card debt, and she got to the, the stage where she could not get any more credit. And so now every month she had to make her monthly payments to the credit card companies, and it got her situation was so dire that when she ran out of money, she quit eating, and she literally rationed her food, which is sad, obviously. Right. But she'd been in the same home. And studies have shown that a lot of people, they don't want to leave their home. And if you think about this. They want this, to age in place. They call it aging in place. And particularly if you're an older, elderly widow, you've lost so much in your life. What you still have is this home that you're familiar with. You know the people at the grocery store, the dry cleaners, the post office, the bank. Your neighbors. And the idea of going and suddenly moving to another community is terrifying to many. So... A situation like that, she had her home paid off, reverse mortgage. It, 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 it probably. I mean, it might have saved her life. It, yeah. Well, I, whatever. It, it made it. It made it better. That's where they are. They're a wonderful product for someone in that situation. And most that's people, a totally un, uh, opposite end of the spectrum from our previous caller, right? Yes, Two, correct. Totally different situations, but really, those that is where a reverse mortgages uh, really shine. But. You've got to understand if you're going to do a reverse mortgage, you should plan on being in that house the rest of your life, that you shouldn't plan on moving, and you shouldn't take one out early in your life just in order to get a higher quality of life. Like, don't do a reverse mortgage to to buy an RV. That's a bad idea. I remember seeing somebody who they they were, one of the spouses was under 62. They took them off title, and I was... I remember talking to this person. I said, I think I strongly suggest against that. That is horrible. You did it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. anyway. All right. If you want to join our show, we'd love to take your call. Uh, the number to reach us here at All Worth is 833-99-WORTH. That's 833-99-WORTH. Numerically, it's 833-999-6784. And we're in Colorado talking with John. John, you're with All Worth Financial. Hello. Hi, John. How you doing? We're good. You're here with Scott and Pat. How what can, we, can we do for you? Well, what I'm wondering is if you're carrying a, a lot of credit card debt and you have you know around like forty thousand, and you've got that in a money market account, but I also am looking at redoing uh, my home loan. Would it be smarter to pay it off out of the money market or? Put it into your home loan because some people have said it's going to take you longer to save that money back. I don't know what that means. Um, <laughs> what? No idea. It takes you longer to save that money back. You have no money. You have a liability on one side of the balance sheet of $40,000, and you have um, an asset on the other side of the balance sheet that's $40,000. And if you wash the two, there's nothing left. Right? Right. So, uh, what you then look at is cost of money and liquidity needs. And the cost of money on a credit card is relatively high, and the return on the money in a bank account or money market is relatively low. 
And in fact, you could have a cost of money at 10% or 11%, and you could be earning 1%. So carrying that liability is, may cost you as much as four dollars to $5,000 a year by just having the liquidity. Now, in saying that, you should pay it off. Just pay it off, right? Unless you have some pressing liquidity needs. So how old are you? 55. Okay. And how, how much other money do you have? Do you have money in a 401k or an IRA or brokerage uh, account or very, anywhere yeah, else? Very, very little other monies here and there. Uh, you know, probably a total of about uh, maybe 40000 as well, kind of scattered about. Okay. Uh, then what's your, what's your home worth and what's the balance on it, the mortgage balance? Home worth is about uh, 600 and balance is about 295 Yeah, I, I would not... What's the interest rate on the on the mortgage? Mortgage is right around five. Yeah. So you, I'm, you pay off the credit cards. Your 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 credit rating in and of itself will go up as a result of that because you paid off those debts, and then get this thing refinanced. Yeah. And you might find that if you call the bank to refinance it, they may just lower the interest rate for you. And we're going to talk about that a little later on this show about how banks have actually just started lowering interest rates or. Lenders have, have lowered interest rates when people request it. So pay it off immediately and refinance immediately. Both of those. Yeah, don't. I, the co-con, and you, I hear these ads. Yeah, uh, John, uh, pay it off. And we appreciate the call. And, and when you pay it off, put it on a 15-year loan and make those payments in order to get it paid off in 15 years so that the time you retire, the home is paid for. Yeah, I mean, that would be the best thing. And matter of fact, if you can swing it in 10 or 12 years. Even better. Yeah, um, to amortize it. At the time of retirement. Um, and I hear these, and appreciate the call, John. I hear these ads uh, for mortgages, and they talk about reducing, saving your money, reducing your payments. And they, they, they want to roll in all these additional dollars in your home mortgage. And look, we've been doing this a long time. And <laughs> we, I've talked to people who come in, they want to retire. They've been in the same house for 35 years and they have a that they paid you know 20, fifty thousand dollars or for less it, or, and they owe two hundred thousand yes. dollars on home because they spent their home again and again and again they spent it when and you, the challenge is you get to retirement age you're gonna now now you've got this additional monthly payment that you didn't have 35 years ago. Think about this in retirement, money not going out is exactly the same as money coming in. If I don't have a two thousand dollar a month payment or fifteen hundred dollar a month payment going out, it's the equivalent of having fifteen hundred to two thousand dollars a month coming in. Which is why we like our clients to go into retirement without any debt. Especially yeah, on their home. 90% of the time. I mean, there's always exceptions to that. And if you go into retirement and you owe on your home, you might want to get as long a mortgage as possible in order to keep your payments as low as possible. Yes. So um, on loan modification, because <laughs> you know what's amazing to me is how low interest rates are. You realize this last week? Greece. Yes. Right? The country of Greece. Remember, it was a few years ago they were needed bailout from the European Union. And it looked like Greece was. They talked about the um, the pigs, Portugal, uh, Ireland, it, Greece, and Spain. Was it Ireland or Italy they threw in there? Ah, uh, yeah. was Italy, Portugal. I haven't even read that anywhere in years. Yeah, they, they called them they, the pigs, which yeah. isn't <clears throat> which isn't very nice. <laughs> <laughs> no, but there was concern that these were going to default. And interest rates became sky high because of the risk there. I remember I was on a, uh, I sat on, a, I chaired an investment committee for a uh, community foundation. And I remember a couple of the board members reached out because in, deep in one of the portfolios was a little bit of, uh, I think it was a Portuguese, Portuguese note, and they were concerned about it. And all. It's funny how things change quickly. And whatever crisis is happening, people think this is going to continue forever and whatnot. Greece this last week went to their interest rates on their, Three-month bonds into negative territory. Which is unbelievable because it wasn't that long ago that they were paying 10 and 12 and 14% on those bonds. 
It wasn't that long ago. And their structural and problems the way, have not. It hasn't gotten any better. <laughs> no, I, was, I, I was in Greece. Um, oh, of course you were. Last week, what? <laughs> I was in Greece. Are you going to make fun of me? Oh, yeah. Well, when I was in Greece last, uh, <laughs> when I was sitting at the Parthenon getting uh, I did go to the another cup of coffee. I did go to the And some olives. <laughs> I, did, I did go to the Parthenon. Okay. <laughs> the cradle of civilization, Scott. Uh, the, the 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 bastion of of philosophy. Okay. Greece. Yeah. Uh, anyway, talking to the locals, there is not. And when were you there? Last summer. Just a few months ago. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, I'm sure how much we talked. <laughs> uh, was it last summer? No, no, no. Summer before last year. Um. It. it it struggled. There is no recovery. No. It, unemployment's it still place. high. Oh, yeah. Youth unemployment is terrible. Tax, the, tax, uh, tax. You know, the pension is a mess. When I was there, someone had told me that there was more people that uh, own yachts that are citizens of Greece than pay taxes on a million dollars in income. I'm like, you're kidding. Oh, no one pays their taxes. They no all cheat pay, them. Yeah. Well, I don't know if they all cheat, but okay. it's, it's fairly. Anyway. So, but it's a it's it's a societal it's a cultural thing. It's there. cultural. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. And I, not, I'm not saying they're bad or immoral people by not paying that. It's just a different, culturally very different. But we can't hit where interest rates are so low right now, in the world that investors are willing to loan, Greece, money, at a negative interest rate, which is crazy. But if they're willing to loan Greece money at a negative interest rate, they won't. They they'll shouldn't. loan. They'll loan you money. On your house at a very low rate as well. Not yeah. negative, but pretty low. In the United States, rates are pretty dang low. You gotta wonder if it if um if it will ever get that low on a home loan. Like one percent. Oh, it was it in Finland or I it, Oh it was. Was it Finland? Yeah, where they went negative on these home mortgages. Yeah. Yeah, number of weeks ago. And I don't know if it was uh uh, they, actually really happening because they could just pump them full of fees but yes. let's talk about what you could do with your own home loan yeah and this happened i had a friend of mine he said he was going to brag it now but i have, have four four friends the yeah, average yeah. american only has 16 friends 15 friends thank you for that useful <laughs> bit of information there pat <laughs> the average american has As i've told it. my kids you're fortunate if you go through life with two or three close friends that's really if you can have one or two close friends you are a very lucky person. Oh, and and you'll have enough you'll have friendships in the same relation to you are a friend to somebody. So if you want a lot of friends, be a good friend to many people. All right, thank you, Dr. Laura. And go to sleep early because <laughs> school. So, <all> right. Okay. <laughs> so, um, so it, my friend was telling me he was gonna refinance because rates have gotten low. I mean they're three and a half percent on a lot of these thirty years. This gentleman loans. just called he had a five percent mortgage. Yeah. Well this guy had I don't know if he had bought his house or he had refinanced. So he called the he 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 called the the I don't know if his bank or credit union had it, and said he was going to be refinancing. Then the guy said, "Don't bother, we'll just lower your rate. We'll re remodify your your rate on it." Which makes sense. Yeah, if they're so, holding the loan, and that was kind of really. And so I did a little research on it, and so this is what is happening right now. Um, if it's it really particularly if if the lender still holds the loan. You got a loan through a credit union or a bank. If they still hold the loan, they're very well likely will just go ahead and lower the rate for you because it sits in their portfolio and they have the luxury of lowering that. And they'd rather keep you in the portfolio at a lower interest rate than go out and acquire a new one. Yeah, but we're seeing these happen, um, and some charge a fee for it. So here's one organization; they'll, they'll charge you some fee, but it's less. You don't have to go through the whole process of Refinance. refinance. So I would say before you go through the whole entire process of refinancing, contact your existing lender and say, hey, look, I'm going to be refinancing. But rather than refinancing, I think I'd give you the you guys have a shot of just uh, modifying my loan. Would you modify my loan? If so, I'll keep it with you. If not, it's been nice knowing you. Yeah. And see what they say. What's the downside? I mean, if you've got a rate of 4% or more, it's worth having the call. Yeah. What's it, the, there's no downside in it. They might not like you as much, but they're not a friend anyway, based upon your 15 friends. That's so exactly who cares it. whether they like you or not? But yeah, it. Um, and if your interest rate is higher than four, you should explore refinancing right now. That is hard to believe that we're in an era when we say if your interest rate 
Well, think about it. Think about it if you're a saver, right? Or an investor, how hard it is on the other side of it. Well, if if right now people, they, they if we're telling people, if you got good credit, don't pay anything more than 4% on a loan. If you're an investor and you're going to go out and buy some fixed income product, a bond or bond fund or you're in the same so so don't don't stretch for yield too much right people have a tendency to stretch for yield otherwise you end up just investing you're, you're, you're buying, buying garbage those, yeah of the people that or even it or even a high dividend paying stock you know like oh i want something that's high there's a reason it's paying a high dividend you know you could have bought ge a couple years ago and let's after or the side of the break G and e let's talk about General Electric, GE, and what uh, they're doing with their pension plan after the break. Oh, yeah. big. That's in the radio parlance. That's called a teaser. Yeah, because that, that's exciting. Well, wait, if you have a pension, it could something like this could impact you as well. Uh, we're taking a quick break. When we, we return, we'll take some more calls to join us. 833-99-WORTH. This is All Worth's Money Matters. Can't get enough of Allworth's Money Matters? Visit allworthfinancial.com slash radio to listen to the Money Matters podcast. Do you have a financial question that needs answering? Call us at 833-99-WORTH. That's 833-99-WORTH. Welcome back to Allworth's Money Matters. Scott Hansen. Pat McLean. And if you want to join our program, love to take your call, answer your question that you might bring our way. Our number to join us, 833-99-WORTH. And um, numerically, it's 833-999-6784. And if you're listening to this on a podcast, um, if you'd be so kind as to review the show. Give us a review. Please. I'm asking. Please review the show. And the reason is, um, the more reviews we get, the better... The higher your rankings, the yeah. higher your rankings, uh, the more people listen because you're ranked higher. And then at some point in time, we're going to figure out how to monetize this podcast, and we're going to get super rich from it. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> we're going to get advertisers. After 23 years. <laughs> we're going to get advertisers on 24 the 24 years. 24 years. Is that how long it's been? We've been doing the program 24 years. Uh, and hopefully we're a little better than we were the first year. Anyway, uh, l- let's uh, join the phones here. We're going to start off here in Sacramento. We're talking with Gary. Gary, you're with Allworth's Money Matters. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, thank you, Gary. So got got a, a scenario here. It's uh, I'm in the process of rolling over a 401K to a rollover IRA. I'm moving jobs, so I'm bringing that, that stuff out of Fidelity and landed in Vanguard. Right. I've uh, uh, got choices of ETFs or mutual funds, and the funds are relatively the same, you know, mid-cap, small-cap, large-cap type. Well, you've got uh, – you funds. have pretty much unlimited if you're in a brokerage account, right? Anything yeah, you want. absolutely. So I've, yeah. I've, I've selected them, but the ETFs uh, have various scenarios that mutual funds don't. So mutual funds cost more, but trade once a day. ETFs cost less. And trade, you know, like a regular stock. Is there any particular advantage between the two that would be worth paying more for the mutual fund? No. It, it, okay. it, and and in fact, uh, what you just said that mutual funds cost more and ETFs cost less may or may not be true, um, depending upon what the, the institution issuing those are. But if you're looking, okay. for example, if you're looking for an index, or, or a, let me rephrase that, a portfolio that mimics some index and tries to uh, track that in that index you should care most about cost that's all you should actually care about okay so th- look at those percentages shoot for lowest so given yeah. and that, who cares about how often it's uh, going to trade i mean here's what you know it's interesting so etfs a very low cost very efficient way for people to buy a basket of securities that typically track indexes there's a little bit in manage but not very many but but people use these to tr- somehow trade and they put these asset allocations together and they think well, they come to. They believe that I can't. I'm not smart enough to buy individual securities and outperform the market, so I'm going to buy indexes. But somehow they believe that they're going to be able to do all this trading amongst the indexes and beat the market and be, get excess return. Right. I find it intellectually so that, so that, that, dishonest. So that leads me to my next question. There is an entire market. Um, if I can throw out the the fund names VTSAX, but historically, based upon your guys's direction on the radio show. I've done about a third large cap, third mid cap, 
that are small cap. And looking at the the uh, I don't know if we would have we, we, we wouldn't have given that well uh, r- roughly just what I've heard okay. on radio the radio stuff. So okay. I know you guys aren't specifically saying that, but it's typically okay. what I what I typically run. So looking at those three funds versus an entire market, it appears that at least with the uh, one, five, 10 lifetime uh, rate of return values that they have, that I can slightly beat their entire uh, market VTSX by investing in those three funds. That's right. That's right. And do you know why? Um, That's why I'm asking you because because you're not actually you're not mimicking the entire market, the total stock market. You're not, you've overweighted mid cap and small cap. Um, in and a third, a third, a third, which would actually, over a long period of time, typically overperforms large cap. But the okay. cost of doing that is the volatility in the mid and the small cap. So when you okay. say a third, a third, a third, and then compare it to uh, 75, 15, 10, which is essentially the total stock market. It's not a fair comparison, but it doesn't That's, mean I, that I, you're, it doesn't mean that it's not a bad idea for you to do a third, a third, a third. Just recognize that the day-to-day, month-to-month, year-to-year volatility will be much greater than a portfolio with a total market. Awesome. I knew there was something off, and I just couldn't quite get it, but I, I failed to realize that and this it's might, not a third mid-cap or a third small cap in a general overall market. And it might be sense. the appropriate portfolio for you. Just keep in mind that the biggest, the biggest risk here is not the markets. It's Gary. And it's, and it's after a couple of years when mid caps are underperforming or small caps are underperforming. And you're like, man, look at this total stock market index. I'm underperforming. Forget it. I'm, I'm through with this. I'm moving to the total stock market or whatever it might be. That's what tends to happen. If you look at studies um, over a long period of time, investors do worse than the indexes. And it's not because they own, well, sometimes they own expensive funds, which is why, but it's because they tend to make decisions at the wrong time. They make the wrong decision because they see something underperforming and they think, oh, wait a minute, this is underperforming. I should get rid of my losers and buy my winners, right. which is not not helpful. Okay. Well, you, you, you nailed it. I appreciate the insight. Right. I completely missed the, the percentages on that. Okay. Good. I appreciate it. Appreciate yeah, yeah, good. Thanks, Gary. Yeah. And I think Gary's a perfect example of somebody who does not need a financial advisor. Well, he doesn't need someone for – Asset allocation. He may need a financial ah, advisor. <laughs> the financial planning. Yeah, the, the the psychology that goes around it, how to deal with the family, what happens. Yeah, you got to thank you very yeah. There's a And remember, there's a difference between financial planning and how to allocate a portfolio. Financial planning includes allocating a portfolio, but allocating a portfolio doesn't include financial yeah. planning. And part of it is which assets do you have and which but, types of plans? How do you deal with your withdrawal strategy? How much should you put in a Roth? What should you, all the, Scott, how do you get the home paid off? All those things. I think uh, we act as each other's financial planners. Right before we actually went on the air today, we were discussing a financial situation on a personal basis. That's right. Right? Between the two of us. And so we act as each other's. Well, we're fortunate enough to, one, <laughs> Have a lot of years of experience in this industry. There's a lot of things I don't I don't know much about at all. Yes, most of life I know very little about, and it's quite. And I realize that when I when I'm talking with an expert or I'm listening to a podcast or a radio program, on whatever it might be, a different field than I'm in, and I'm like, whoa, I know very little about that. So, but most people could use a good financial planner. Most people. The problem is, it's really hard to find a good financial planner. Because they all look the same. I, you know, I was talking this last week to the, uh, I don't know if he's the CEO of the Certified Financial Planner Board of Standards. or He was like the top guy at, at the CFP, you know, the Chartered Certified Financial Planner, the, the ads and the sort of Really? Stuff. Yeah. Did you, uh, did, did you voice some concerns? Well, he wrote, approached me. They were trying to raise money for this initiative to do something or another. And um, someone had approached me before, and I, I've got there's a few issues I've got, and basically my issues with the CFP board has to do with their standards not being high enough, or enforcing the ones they have. Yeah, because there are people out there that sell all kinds of garbage products that are certified financial planners. It's one screen. It's not the only screen by any means. It's one one of many screens, because they're, 
just because someone has a certified financial planner, just like just because someone's an MD, doesn't make them. You say, "Oh, can you give me heart surgery? I see you're an MD here. You must be great." Yeah, of course you wouldn't do that. So anyway, so you talk to this guy from this, this certified financial planner board. Yes. And what? I just wanted to know, maybe off air, you can <laughs> share with me what off air. <laughs> We're not going to share anything anyway. Did you give him any money? No. Because you're like, I think you guys could do a better job enforcing. I shared to him. Here's the areas that I think that the, 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 that you guys need to improve. Yeah. I don't think you're the same. You're not the same standard as a CPA. Yeah. And I'm not a CFP for, I'm a chartered financial consultant, which is. CHFC. Which is, you know, whatever it is. It's not, doesn't make you either good or bad. Well, originally, and we'll get back to the calls, by the way. There were two paths you could take. Yes. So we've been in this industry a long time. Uh, When I was in um, undergrad school, I took, at the time, I think it was six different courses to become a certified financial planner. I chose to to, uh, go towards a minor in economics rather than taking all six modules. And I thought, once I'm done, I needed two more. I'll just go get the two more. And at the time... This, for whatever reason, they said, no, those aren't going to qualify. You're going to have to take all six courses again. And I'm like, well, forget that. And this CHFC, Chartered Financial Consultant Program, had something else where it was... Um, they gave you credit for it? Gave, I got some sort of credit oh. for it. So it was just a lot easier for me to get that. So you have a CFP and a CHFC. Yes. And the reason I got a CFP is for public perception. I'll be totally br- right out here. I remember because they didn't. people didn't, wouldn't want to quote you with the... Uh, I, was, I worked with a, a, a report of the Wall Street Journal on several articles on pension issues. When This is when in the 90s when companies were, were kind of getting rid of their pensions. Um, and I was kind of an expert on those things at the time. I think I still might be, but I was, I would help this reporter and every once in a while she'd include me a quote for me somewhere. And she says, Scott, I'm going to be at a panel at the CFP board's annual retreat, whatever it is. You should be there with me. Are you going to be there? I should, you should be on that panel with me. And I said, I'm not going to be there. She says, why not? I said, well, I'm not a CFP. Long pause. Oh, I got my CFP very quickly after that. So, but in all fairness, in all tr- truthfulness, it was more out of perception than then, anything. Then it was quite easy for me to get at the time. I'd been in the industry, et cetera. But um, I don't know why we went on this down this. But it did remind me. But it, I gonna, think it's look. The, the vast majority. Our, our advisors all have some sort of designation of some degree of some sort. I mean, designation, uh, continued education. The vast majority are certified financial planners. There's also some accredited, some of this or that, some other organizations that give them others. Having some designation, I think, is important. Yes. With your advice. Actually, so let's take this call, and then I want to talk a little bit about the changes in pensions. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because we, it's a big deal, and we promised we'd talk about it. 833-99-WORTH is the number. We are in Colorado with Patrick. Patrick, you are all worth money matters. How are we doing? Good. How are you doing? What can we do for all you? Right. Uh, all right. I'll try to make it short. Uh, my father just passed away. I'm sorry. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's um, uh, it wasn't, it wasn't sick. It was sudden and it's, it's all crazy. And all okay. Can but, you speak up a little bit, please? Yeah. Perfect. Got me? Yep. Yeah. Uh, anyways, so his mom, my grandma, set up a trust that he was the trustee that when he would pass away, it gets was between me and my sister. And his, his grandma passed away, or is she still alive? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So okay. my dad has been a trustee for X amount of years, and the trust would allocate. He basically had, like, an allowance. Mm-hmm. So the trust was his, right? But it's yep. when he passes, it's me and my sister's. Okay. So now, along with dealing with him dying and everything that goes along with it, I have this whole situation and uh to go even further back when i turned 21 i got i got some uh like an inheritance and um it's it's all gone everything's gone you know various mistakes i made over the years for the for the inheritance that you received at 21 how old are you today yeah uh, 42. Okay. All right. Well, so, let's, let's, you know, the adult. At about, at about, 
At about 21, I got about $800,000. My dad sat me down with this financial guy with Merrill Lynch and said, this is where your money's going to go. It'll never go away. If you're really smart about it, you'll never have to work a day in your life. That probably wasn't the best advice to give a 21-year-old. Yeah, terrible advice, actually. <laughs> but, uh, Don't work. Yeah, that's a terrible, terrible advice. advice. <laughs> terrible <laughs> advice. But, uh, you know, I, I, I did a few things over the years. I invested in a snowboard company. I did this and that. And then, and then it just, and then. But that's behind gone. us now. I understand that. That's, that's behind us. But, that's but behind. now, here we are. I, I, it's like I have, you know, I basically went from 800000 to nothing. Mm-hmm. And then, so, you know, I had to start over. Yeah. Obviously, I'm not the keenest with this stuff, but I want to be now. Oh, yes, of now. course. Patrick, do you have yeah. a job? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a small business owner. Okay, and what's your approximate income? Uh, around not that much. <laughs> like 30, 35,000 a year. Married? No. Okay. I have a, I have a 15 year old boy, single, okay. living in a bedroom apartment. Okay. And, and how I'm much money, about- how much money is your half of the trust? Third. Uh, or- about, about 600,000. Okay. So it's a third. Uh, so it's a, whatever you'll receive is about 600,000. There's a good chance yeah. you're going to pay taxes on, uh, any of the gains in this trust. Uh, Sounds like from the way that it was structured. Yes, when well, it, it's uh, there's there's like a trustee, so it, it goes. I talked to this guy and he kind of explained it. You know, I'm not just going to get it tomorrow. Yeah, that's correct. It's going to take a little bit of time, and then I have to go to the IRS. So the taxes will all, I think, be taken care of before my sister and I get it. Okay, and so- then from there, my I guess where I'm going with this is. I don't want to make the same mistake yes. I did yep. before. Yep. You know, I, I've learned how to live with money, and I've learned how to literally live with twenty dollars for the week. You know, your your attitude is great because you're a little bit afraid of yourself, right? A little bit. Yeah, which look, is good. But, I mean, we all look. But, we're all human, right? We look, all have look, we're, we're, strengths we're, and weaknesses. Look, That's reality. You know, right. it, and I'll share some personal uh, just from from. The way I set up my trust for my children, if I were to die, is that it was it paid out over a fifteen year period over a third, a third, a third, and the mm-hmm. reason I did that is because I expect that the kids will make bad decisions with the first third of the money and we'll that learn they receive, and we'll learn from right. it, right? Right. And hopefully, well, and the final third is way out there. So even if they don't learn up the second one, they're still <laughs> then there's still another <laughs> shot at it. So yeah. what what you really need to do is sit down with a quality advisor and put a plan in place. A plan. Not just an investment plan, Not but a yet. distribution the plan and nothing. an education plan for your son. So if you think your right. son's going to go to college, should we set money aside for that? How much should we set aside for that? And we should tell our son, hey, listen, I'm going to put 15 grand or 10 grand a year for you to and go do to we, college. Do we buy a house? Do we buy a house and, and then... Uh, or a condo or something. Pay cash for the house, yeah. and then you continue your job, and you have no rent, and there is no distribution from this, or maybe there's only a thousand dollars or fifteen hundred dollar, or no month, distribution, or no this. distribution at all. But Secure the point your, being, that's, yeah, that's uh, obviously I, I want what what's there to yes, obviously now my life will be a little more comfortable. You know, but I don't want to get. I want it to. You don't want to get ten, ten not, years not, down. I want, yeah, 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 yeah you, I want you, to multiply, not subtract. not go back to zero. Again. I can hear it in your voice. That, that I can hear it in your voice that you messed it up in your mind. You messed it up once before. You don't want to do it again. And before, yeah. when they sat down, you said <laughs> the guy gave me bad advice by saying that hey, you probably don't have to work again, and you've made bad investments and you've spent poorly. That doesn't well, happen it, to happen. It, it, it was a guy with Merrill Lynch, and he looked me in my eyes and said, if the whole financial institution collapses, Merrill Lynch will still be standing. We all know what happened. <laughs> he didn't say that. Did he say he that? Did. You he know, it's Maryland funny. Old school stockbroker. <laughs> you know, it's funny because yeah. two weeks before Merrill Lynch uh, uh, collapsed, we were on this radio show saying, you know, Merrill Lynch might be the next to go. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, it, I mean, now... Yeah. yeah so, so tired, the investments are aren't the problem, right? The well, prob- he might have had a bad. He might have had a no, bad advisor. I understand, but the, but going forward, right. the investments won't be the problem. 
it will be the plan and the discipline to stick to That's it right. that is going to be the issue. So, and right. everything's got a trade-off, right? So if you say, I'm going to have some money set aside for my son's education, if that's a, if something you want to do, there's a trade-off for that. If you say, I'm going to go buy a house or a condo or a townhouse or something today, there's a trade-off for that. If you say, I want to have what, some certain what, what, What's the trade-off? Trade-off means there's less mon- money available for investments if you go out oh, and buy a $300,000. Yeah. I, I know this. If you were my brother, it'd be kind of weird because we're both named Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> But but beside that, beside that, uh, if you were my brother, I would do this. I I could tell you exactly what I would do. I would go out and I'd buy a condominium that is similar in size and quality of the house that you're living in now or that you said you're renting an apartment. And then Mm -hmm. I would put maybe thirty to forty thousand dollars aside for my child's education and college and I'd let them know, look, here's 10 grand. This is all that's coming out. You're going to have to go to school in Boulder. You're going to go to local college or junior college. And the rest of it, I would take and I would invest it in a portfolio that was 70% stocks and 30% bonds, cash, and a little bit Not of- Not individual stocks, but yeah. Yeah, in mutual funds and ETFs. For your retirement. For your retirement. And I might do a distribution of $500 a month just to pay the taxes and the upkeep on the condo. And then I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't plan on touching it until you were 65. And that's how I would do it. If you were my brother, that is exactly the plan I, I would put together. I should slowly be converting things into a Roth. I'd do the maximum Roth, conver- right. Roth contribution each yep, year. Yep, yep. In order to... Uh, and, and that's a financial plan, right? And an asset that allocation. Sounds, that sounds great, Tom, but with like, how much I make, what do you mean? How much I'm, you make? I'm, I'm barely getting by. Uh, understand, right, but we're, but gonna, we're getting rid of your rent. We're getting rid of your rent, and you've lived barely getting by for years. There's not. This isn't yeah. six million. It's not enough for you to retire on. No, no, no. I know that. So, know that. so, so that that maybe we do a distribution of three five hundred dollars a month, but it's not going to solve. Uh, but how much is your rent now? Uh, rent is. 1525. There right. you go. So you're we got rid of your income. rent. We got rid of your rent. You're, you're going to make $1,500 more well, a month. I would rather, I'd rather see you get rid of your rent by owning something that's not going to be zero because you have property taxes. You're going to have upkeep on it. So you're going to have to you know, figure around that. But mm-hmm. I'd much rather see you get rid of your rent because the challenge, Patrick, is inflation. And what happens when that rent is 2000 or 2500 or 3000 3, So what you're going to do is you're part of securing a good retirement and protecting you from yourself is to buy a house. That if, would be the first with it, cash. Had you bought a house when you inherited the money the first time. It's kind of hard to spend. It's really hard to spend. You've got to go through a lot of process. you got to think about it. It wasn't right. in your your stockbroker's best interest, his best interest, to have you buy a house because there's less money to invest if you right. buy a house. But right. I'm telling you, as your brother, yeah, because I started this by right. saying, Patrick, if you were my brother, this is what I would tell you to do. This is how we would yeah. do it. I've actually, that's crossed my mind many, many, many times. So, so, so the, the housing market where I live, where I'm at in Colorado, I mean, it's yep, like it's, it's a no-brainer, you yep. know, and kind of like. Well, we don't know whether it's a no-brainer or not, but we do know well, is that your rent reflects the housing market. So, uh, he, yeah. Patrick, call call. I'm going to plug our firm because I know okay. <laughs> I know that that they'll someone give them, will care and give you the same good advice. Same advice. Right, so call our firm and schedule an appointment with we one of our. Uh, we have three advisors, I think, in, in Denver, Denver area, in the Denver area throughout the Denver area. Call our firm, sit down with one of the advisors, tell them about our conversation. They're going to give you the same advice I gave yep. you, um, and it's going and to be. And then I in think your part of what would be helpful is like is to understand. Okay, if I do this, what's this mean to me? Right? In the long term. In the long term. Because you could invest the full 600000 and start taking a monthly income from it, but you've got the mortgage. Yeah. I mean, I, the, the rent. So I what's wouldn't the do point? that. I wouldn't do that. No. I, I wouldn't do that. And and the biggest danger with investments, it's not the economy or the financial markets. It's the investor and how the investor reacts. Unless you're buying a 
investing in a small snowboard company or something like that, which is not really investing as much as it is speculating. speculating. Yeah. So anyway, good luck to you, Patrick. Uh, wish you well. So uh, GE and their pension. Oh, <laughs> look at this. Don't think that this can't happen to you uh, from any company. So what happened? So uh, they came back and said, all the employees that are accumulating pensions uh, under this formula that's been around for years and years, we're changing that. The accumulation freezing. changes. So we're going to freeze what you've received today. You're 52. You're planning on your, retention, your retirement when you hit age 60. Yeah. And we're going to convert your new contributions. We're going to put a little bit more into your company 401k. Um, so it moves from what's called a defined benefit plan. Like a pension, to, like a state pension, like a government pension. To a defined contribution plan, which means that they're just going to give you a little bit of money, and then you're responsible for investing it. So it's a big deal for the existing employees. Then they go back to many of the retirees, and they're giving them a lump sum option, which is a very, very difficult decision to make, whether – you continue to take the company pension or you take a lump sum. And the reason is, if the company ever goes into bankruptcy, right, and they will discharge that monthly pension and it will be turned over to the Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation. Which there's limits, just like there's FDIC limits. And so you need CDs, to understand what that risk is. And if you have a monthly pension that's significantly higher than what the PBGC would pay, the lump sum may make sense for you. But you have to go through the calculation and you have to be real with yourself. What's my life expectancy look like? What other assets do I have? Do I want to take these risks? How do I how do I manage around that? So what may be good for your coworker who retired with you to take the lump sum may not be good for you. It just depends on but it's, you should go through that calculation. and The PBGC. So if you talk to a United Airlines pilot that retired 15 years, 20, 30 years oh, yeah. ago, Ask they went them. through the same thing. Ask them what happened. Yeah, that wasn't good for them. And so go talk. If you, if you are a GE retiree facing this, uh, go talk with a, a financial advisor who works in these areas. It's one of the things that all worth uh, advisors have done for years, but go find one. Uh, for yourself, I think it'd be helpful. We're out of time, unfortunately. We're here every week at the same station, the same time. And of course, we're also available via podcast um, where you ever get your podcast. So thanks so much for being part of All Worth Money Matters. We'll see you next week. This program has been brought to you by Allworth Financial, a registered investment advisory firm. Any ideas presented during this program are not intended to provide specific financial advice. You should consult your own financial advisor, tax consultant, or estate planning attorney to conduct your own due diligence.